New Vintage Church. Yeah, thank you, Jesus, man. We can applaud Jesus for what he's doing this morning. Um, hey, can I just point something out? Is in a year as a church of a lot of chaos and, you know, the next head pastor search and who's going to be preaching on any of you getting Sunday, and then it was like, who's the new short guy? And we're all trying to fit. <laughs> Love you, Matt. He's watching online, so I just want to make sure to shout him out. Can I just say our worship volunteers have been solid in the year of 2023, man? Like, I don't know what we would have done without you guys. Like, Mark back there on the drums, Scott, you know, go old guys, man. No, I'm just kidding. I'm so sorry. Hey, <laughs> love you guys. Tulio, if you're in the room or watching online, Billy, I know he's in the room back from college early on this year, Stacy. Nathan, Ailish, my mom, just all of the worship volunteers, man. Worship has been constant this year, and it's been so cool. Um, so thank you guys so much for that. I'm actually really surprised worship sounded so good this morning because Riley's left hand was really weighted down this morning. And <laughs> um, due to the fact that she's got a ring on, uh, so that... That's really cool. And as her older brother, I get to have a little pride in that. So uh, Alejandro's somewhere in here. Don't point him out or else he's going to run away. But uh, no, that's really cool. I, I'm just, I, I said that she's just a copycat at this point, just copying what I did. But uh, no, I love it. It's been a crazy year for my family. On one hand, we had an engagement, we had a wedding, uh, we've had a lot of things. On the other hand, uh, you know, the same person in our family not only had to have emergency heart surgery, but then also got T-boned by a guy that ran a red light and broke eight ribs. So it's been a wild year. <laughs> um, thank you for the prayers uh, for Coach Tony Corley. He's also at home because it hurts for him to move right now. Um, so thank you for the prayers for him. It's been a wild, crazy year. My dad, who's actually in the room today, which is cool, was right smack dab in the Middle East when everything went crazy this year. Um, and so luckily, blessings of God, he's home. Um, so that's cool. It uh, just and a really, I, I was looking back at this year going, We've had a lot of highs and a lot of lows. It's been up and down. And the reality is, it's probably the same for most of us in this room. We can look back on this year and go, yeah, that was really cool, but that was not as fun. And, or maybe you're, you're one of the lucky ones this year. I was like, you know what? Nah, everything was pretty good. Or maybe you're on the side of like, nah, this year we can move on. It's over. <laughs> I'm done with this. I don't want to remember anything from this. No matter where you are this morning, we get to this point, this day, and we look and are throughout history, humans have kind of decided this is like a point to start something new, to add something into our lives, to change something in our lives. This, that's what this day kind of represents. Um, and so the, the, the ball falls and everyone celebrates and then we all start our new thing tomorrow and then in two months it's like, yeah, maybe, like... We'll see, but it, we've, we've kind of rallied around this day as this is the day I'm going to start something new. So let me get a pulse in the room before I start. How many of us, how many of us this morning have a real, true, and actually thought out New Year's resolution that they're implementing tomorrow? Raise your hand. Okay, not a lot of us. The new trend, which I'm kind of rolling with, is like a word to like theme the year around. Is anybody doing that this, this year? Yeah, a couple of hands. Cool. So we step into today and say, I am going to implement something new. I'm going to change something. And so this morning, I want to look at some biblical ways, some faith-based ways, some spiritual ways that we can 
add or change something in our lives to become more spiritually mature, to become more like Christ. And to do that, we are going to tackle the text in 1 Corinthians 3. So if you have your Bibles, Bible apps, you can flip over to that. But that's where we're going to be this morning. And we are going to look at an analogy that Paul uses talking about milk versus solid food. And if you're already hungry this morning, I'm really sorry because we're going to be talking about food a lot. And for Riley and other fellow lactose intolerant people, I hope you can make it through the milk section. Um, But we're going to pray and then we're going to go ahead and get started with our text this morning. Lord, thank you for this year. Lord, thank you for what you've done. And Lord, as we as a church approach 2024, Lord, I pray that you build in us your love, your wisdom, your guidance, Lord, then we can reflect you in your name. Amen. Amen. Let me start by prefacing with this. Paul here is writing to people that have been Christians for a while, that he's had relationship with for a while. So he's going to be a little harsher and come at this with an angle of, hey, you should be past this already. Here's what I don't want this morning. If somebody is in here who is either completely brand new to the faith or just kind of trying it out, and this year was like the first year you really stepped into it, or wherever you, kind of like in the beginning stages of the, I don't want you to feel rushed or to feel ashamed of where you are. Right. And remember, Paul is writing to people he has known for a while, he has discipled, and people who have been Christians for a while. And so we're going to, I'm attacking it more this morning from an encouragement standpoint in two ways. One, we as a church haven't restarted by any means, but there has been this reset um, with Pastor Matt coming in and kind of the new vision and stepping into a new year. There's this reset of like, okay, here we go in this new thing. Um, And we have done really well in the beginning stages of that. And I want to encourage us, just like curriculum in school, okay, we've gotten to here, now it's time to progress to here. And also, personally, man, a lot of you guys that I have had the privilege of personally interacting with this year and steps that you've taken in your faith to step into relationship with Jesus, get baptized, start serving, those beginning stages I want to encourage you and say, man, we've been doing a great job in that. A lot of our youth, a lot of our young adults, a lot of people I've interacted with, we've, the beginning stages have been so healthy and so good. And I'm encouraging us, let's take the next steps so that we don't fall into what Paul is writing today and saying, you should have taken the next steps by now. So 1 Corinthians 3, starting in verse 3. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, you are not, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? So this analogy of milk versus solid food, I want to kind of explain it this morning. So milk, what are we looking at? Well, milk is something that is taken, processed, um, and then produced for somebody else. Really, honestly, what we do here on Sundays during this time is a milk step, right? It is a message. It is somebody that has taken the word, taken the Bible, um, and studied and learned and, and put together a product to produce for you, right? And so this isn't bad. 
um, at all. Uh, milk, as we, as that, that timing was awesome. As the baby just made a noise, that was perfect. Um, keep, just keep her in here. Keep, keep, keep right there. Um, through the beginning stages of life, milk is vitally important to our development. Almost more important than water. It is vitally important and what we get from milk. That's why when you go uh, to elementary schools and you see the lunch trays, the primary drink that's available is milk. Um, now, that doesn't last into the workplace. It would be kind of weird if we worked and in, walked into the workplace this next week and our bosses or our coworkers had their baby bottles of milk. That'd be a little bit weird. But it's vitally important and it's vitally healthy. But it is something that is taken and uh, digested and uh, studied and, and whatever and then produced for somebody else. I'd like to think that maybe if Paul was giving this, writing this same letter in today's world, he would use maybe an anal another analogy of like fast food slash like going out to eat, right? Where this is something that we all do. We all go to, and drive to our favorite drive through place, in and out Carl's Jr., whatever yours may be. It's like, I'll have this, 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 and this. Or we go to our favorite restaurant, you look at the menu, and I'll have this or this or this. Well, how do you want that cooked? How do you want that prepared? Well, actually, I want none of that, and I actually just want some of this. And I want to make sure that you make it right, or else I'm one, sending it back, or two, never coming here again. Do you see where this can start to get really unhealthy if we're here for too long in our faith? Sadly, sometimes, this is how Christians start to look at not only the church or the churches that they're a part of, but other Christians in their life, and maybe if it gets really unhealthy, ultimately God is what is being produced and given to me, I actually don't like, like, or it's getting kind of boring, or it's not cooked right for me, it has too much of this or too little of this, and the, the ingredients are just not right, and so I'm just going to go to the next thing. I'm going to find the next mentor. I'm going to find the next church. I'm going to find the next Bible study group because that one just wasn't right for me. And then we sit and we, we drain from others. We let them feed us and produce for us. I want this. I want it this way. I want it ordered like this. I want it cooked this way. Uh, nope, this isn't right either. So, so then, and then we get to the point, oh, I'm just not a part of church anymore. Why? I just didn't feed me correctly. That's not, the, that's not where we should stay. That's not where we should be. Now, again, there is a time in faith walks, in early relationship with Jesus, where it is good to sit and listen and hear. But at some point, we have to move on. Just like if we went and ate fast food every single day, it would start to get unhealthy. We've all seen Super Size Me, or at least we've heard of it. Or, you know, maybe we are going to the better restaurants with healthier food, but at some point, your wallet's going to start hurting. Something's going to become out of balance. If we are going out and eating every single day, if we're going out and eating fast food every single day, something's going to start to become out of balance. Just like if we were to stay in the milk faith, at some point, it's going to start to become weird. At some point, it's going to start to become imbalanced, and you're just going to drain everybody else. What do you have to feed me? So on the other side of this analogy, he talks about solid food. And in this, he's talking about heavier things to digest, heavier things to think about. In this section of Scripture, in 1 Corinthians, in the beginning stages, he's talking about the wisdom of God. 
and how it is vital that we act with the wisdom of God, not the wisdom of the world. And pretty much what he's saying is here is you can't get to a point where you're ready for the wisdom of God if you're still in the milk faith. You have to move to the solid food faith to be able to receive the heavier things that require more digestion to be able to get the wisdom of God. And so to carry my food analogy a little bit further, if the milk faith is fast food and going out all the time, then the solid food is cooking at home. Taking recipes and what we've learned and producing meals, not only for ourselves, but when we get good enough at it, we can do what? Produce meals for others and feed into others' lives and invite people over and say, this is what I have. Now, there's a side of this. We also have to make sure we're always in community and always surrounded because if you start and you don't have the right recipes or you think, I can actually I don't like that recipe, I'm going to do it this way, you can start to make some weird food. I've been married for just a little over five months now, and I have messed up pizza very badly. Uh, the crust was just raw flour. It was horrible. Um, I messed up garlic bread to the point where it was too spicy, um, and you could, it was unedible. I messed up soup. I messed up soup. I don't know how I messed up soup. It was out of a can. It was bad. I messed it up, though. I'm learning. I'm learning. <laughs> and it's always this chuckle, but um, mistakes are okay in our walk with Christ, but it is good to have the ultimate recipe book in the Bible and have people around you to say, you know what, this is how I cook this thing, and this is how I cook this thing, and you can take inspirations from this, that, or the other to say, no, this is how we're going to do this. My wonderful wife, Emily, a couple weeks ago found this recipe for lasagna, but we didn't have all the things. So she's like, we'll substitute this, 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 and this and put it together. It was perfect. It was amazing. I'm like, we're making this once a week now. This is awesome, right? But to the solid food faith is studying the word, going to church, being in community, so that in our daily lives, we can cook meals that are not only healthy for us, but we can also cook meals that are healthy for the people around us and that can feed and nourish our souls in the right way, where things don't start to get out of balance. So that's kind of this analogy that he's using, milk to solid food. Now, why is he using it? Well, I explained that he's trying to explain the wisdom of God in this time, but here's the other things that Corinth is going through. They're dealing with spiritual immaturity and divisions, a lot of them. That's why in that section he said, you're still quarrelsome and you're still jealous. They're dealing with a lot of moral issues. They have a complete misunderstanding about marriage and singleness and the importance of it or pay, placing too much weight on one or the other. Misuse of spiritual gifts. Concerns about idolatry, freedom of Christ. They have a lot of disorder in their worship. And they even have denial of the resurrection starting to come up, which is not good. Well, why? They've been sitting on milk faith. Feed us, feed us, feed us, feed us. Well, now that I've drained this person dry and they have nothing left to give, now this person, now they're starting to get some weird influences because they do not know how to cook for themselves. And so they're starting to get weird health problems in the life of their church and culture around them. So Paul is saying you need to change this. You need to get to solid food faith to establish the wisdom of God to correct these vitally important things that you've gotten wrong. You have to get the wisdom of God implemented in your church and in your culture now. You need solid food immediately, and to do that, you need the wisdom of God. 
There's a second time that this analogy is used, and it's in the book of Hebrews. Now, technically, we have no idea who wrote Hebrews. Like, we don't have an official, oh, this person definitely wrote Hebrews. Most people will lean towards, it's probably Paul. And one of the reasons, it's not the major reason, but one of the reasons is it, it uses the same analogy at one point. Um, but for today, we'll just say the author wrote to Hebrews. But similar, similar, not exactly the same, but similar thing. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though, by this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness, but solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. And so we're in the first one, and he's talking about, man, there's divisions, there's quarrels among you, there's all these things you are getting wrong. You need the wisdom of God, which can only be found by a solid food faith. Here is saying, some of you ought to be teaching and feeding into others already, but you're not there yet. And you need to be able to distinguish good from evil, and you're not there yet. And this letter was written to the Hebrews for not exactly the same, but some similar reasons. So here's what they were dealing with. They needed encouragement in the face of persecution. If we are living in milk faith, sometimes, again, we're not strong enough to deal with heavy persecution. They were, and so they need to get to a solid food faith. Emphasis on the supremacy of Christ and the supremacy of the gospel, the supremacy of um, his death and resurrection for us. Uh, they were dealing with questions about that. Warning against apostasy, which is just a kind of fancy word of walking away from the faith, which is kind of what we talked about earlier. If we're living off milk alone, it can get to the point where it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm over this. I'm not being fed enough, even though there's now like almond milk and oat milk and all these different things, right? There's different kinds of milk, but it's still just milk. Um, it's not enough. Well, it's because we need to progress. Explanation of the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies which are promises which take a lot of wisdom from God, and you need solid food faith to understand, encouragement to mature in their faith. So that's what he's using to explain all this, the milk and solid food. That's why he's writing this. But what do we do about it? How do we look at it? How do we go about this? Well, Pretty much the four main points within these two passages are this. You're jealous and you're quarrelsome, so you need to get rid of it, right? Unity within the church, get rid of that. Uh, you need God's wisdom to not only for how to operate as a community, but operate in your own life. Um, you don't fully recognize the supremacy of Christ, which so often we can do. Um, and if we're not strong enough in our faith, then I can kind of see why people start to get really, really stressed out over election years if you think that the person is going to be the one to fix everything and not Jesus. So you need to remember the supremacy of Christ. Um, and you need to have the ability to distinguish good from evil. So how do we do this? Well, we get to a point of solid food faith. We got to get there. Why? 2024 is here. <laughs> And to be honest, I remember the first time I became aware of, like, election years, and it's when I was in eighth grade. And I was looking around going, whoa, this is, this is heavy. This is a lot. This is chaotic. 
And I know election years for most people, it's all about love, unity, and all that kind of stuff, and peace. And I remember looking around just going, what? Oh, this is, this is, this is bad. <laughs> this is not good. And every year, it just seems to get worse. Every time we get to another one, it just seems to get worse. So I think it's very important that we personally and as a church progress into more of a solid food faith so that as we go through this year and things become more chaotic, more quarrelsome, that we can be beacons of love, peace, and unity in a world that's going to need it. Not only for the people around you in your life, but also for our city. Imagine if our city knows, like, ah, there's all this chaos and whatever, but I can show up on Sunday to a place where it's just going to be the promises of Jesus, the love of God, the unity of His church, and I know I can be a part of that. And the world is crazy and chaotic, and there's so much unrest but I know in 2024, there is a place where I can experience, even if they don't know God, a peace that I don't really understand, that in my day-to-day, I can't find anywhere else. So to progress to a solid food faith, because 2024 is here, so let's be a beacon of love, unity, and peace in a world that's just going to be a lot of chaos this year. So what are our next steps? How do we do it? Well, step one is just like when you have like a new diet plan or something like that. It's kick the unhealthy one. Kick the world's food. The world likes to promise us a lot of ways that we can better our lives. This is going to fix everything. This is how you're going to get to that next stage of what you want. Um, This is how you actually become successful. Um, We chase down these things and we chase down these things and it's never fulfilling. So first is get rid of that. If you have not yet done that, I would encourage you to do that and step into the milk faith and then step into the solid food faith. Now, again, I want to make this very clear. The milk faith is not bad and it's not shameful. It is vitally important. I think sometimes the church as a whole has a tendency to rush people out of the milk faith and so we don't have the right foundation Like, we were just singing, uh, build my life. I will build my life upon you, which is the firm foundation. The milk faith is, let's establish Jesus as our foundation. Then, as we build our lives, we are on him, which does not move, which does not crack, which cannot be defeated. So, let's establish a salvation. The milk faith is not bad. What does it look like? Well, let's understand It's the need for repentance. We're sinful. We're broken. um, We need help. We need guidance. We're messed up, right? But the hope of the resurrection and salvation through Jesus cleanses us in his blood and his death and his resurrection so that we can have relationship with God. And so now we are called to a greater identity. We're saying who you say I am, right? Man, God gives us a new identity, a new calling in our life, which is to live for him in his kingdom, which is to live for him and his kingdom. I want to make this very clear that sometimes when we say, man, he's given us a new identity and a new calling, we can start to look for a very, well, what is my very specific calling? 
What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to, um, what exactly am I supposed to do? Live your life with his kingdom in mind. Your calling now is to progress in his kingdom, to look at what he's doing and progress rather than try and live your own life and ask him to, to bless it. So the calling is to enter his kingdom and work in his kingdom for what he is doing. So we're broken, we're sinful. We need to repent, we need Jesus, and we have that, that hope of salvation, and so now we enter in relationship with God, we get a new identity, new calling through God our Father. The Holy Spirit is now dwelling in us and can helps guide us, helps move throughout, and that's kind of how we go through you know, man, is this the right or wrong decision? Distinguishing good from evil? It's okay. She's in the milk faith. It's totally fine. It's all good. This is good. This is good. And then baptism is not always the true, like, marker time to graduate to the next thing, but it can be. That aspect of, I believe all this. I'm in on all this. I want this for the rest of my life. I want to live for Jesus. I am making that choice to live for Him. I want to get baptiz- baptism. I want to get baptized, right? And learning what that is. Why, why do we do it? What does that mean, right? And we get baptized, and then we move into the solid food faith. So the milk faith is not bad, and it's not shameful. It is good. It is healthy. It is vital. But we cannot stay there for too long because then it just starts to become weird, and we start to drain from those around us rather than feeding ourselves and being able to feed others. So, we are stepping into the new year, which comes with New Year's resolutions and new goals. And so I want to look at five areas of faith and maybe look at some ways that we can implement a little more solid food into our faith diet in these five areas. You might want to tackle all five this year. You might want to just tackle one. But I would encourage us, it would be, not only would our church change, but our community around us would change drastically if everyone just said, I'm going to commit to really developing one of these in this next year. Um, so you might want to do all five. You might want to do just one, but that's it's okay. But we're going to look at these. So the first one is biblical study. And that looks like studying the Word. If we can go to the next slide. And to study the Word correctly. This is kind of what I was talking about earlier with the recipes. And part of that is making sure you're doing it in community and you're doing it with others. Well, we're in luck, NVC, because guess what? Our men's and women's Bible studies are starting up next year. It's perfect, right? And here's how this is going to work. So uh, the women's Bible study, you guys are starting in January. You're going to go once a week for the weeks of January, and then you're going to take February off. Men, our Bible studies will be in February, and we'll have all the weeks of February, Bible study, and then we will take a month off, and then women, you'll be in March, and then men will be in April. Do you kind of see the rhythm? And then on the months that we have off of the Bible studies, we will have an event, a men's event. That's why we've been joking about the women are starting their Bible study in January, and the men are going to the hockey game. Like, (laughs) it's on purpose. So that's our event. I I have some insights, maybe know some inside information on what the women's events February is going to be, and it's pretty dang awesome, and I'm very jealous that I can't go. Um, but that's going to be the rhythm, right, is uh, we're going to be studying the Word together um, and, and keeping each other accountable so that we can ask questions. 
man, I'm reading this, I don't know what this means. Rather than being at home and trying to figure it out on our own, we can be in community. I don't know what this means. How do you read this? How do you look at this? What does this word mean? What does this aspect of God look like? How do I implement this in my life? And we are in a space where we can all ask those questions and look around at each other and feed into each other's lives. Solid food, faith. Second, prayer. Um, Prayer, one, thank him for what he's done and his blessings in your life. And two, present your requests. But three, seek his guidance as well. Don't just let your prayer be a list of requests and demands from God. God, I pray you do this, 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 and this. Amen. But in a good, healthy relationship that we have in this world, it is a two-way conversation. I ask how your day is going. You ask how my day is going. We kind of talk to each other about what's been going on in our lives. Now, we all have that one friend that just talks the whole time, um, but we don't want to be that. We want it to be a two-way conversation, so seek his guidance. So, yeah, make your request known. God, I pray for this. I ask for this. Lord, this. Also, Lord, please let me know what I need to change, if anything. Lord, please let me know if I need to change direction. Lord, please let me know what you want to do today. How do you want me to be today? How do you want me to act today? How do you want me to approach this situation? Who do you want me to pray for? Who do you want me to help bless all of these things? So the ways that we can implement prayer in our lives, you could do a prayer list. Just write down the names of people you know, and every day, you know what, I'm going to pray for three of them. You know, text them, hey, what can I pray for today? Uh, you can do a join the church prayer team um, and, and be a part of the prayer requests that are coming through the church. And then personally, Really, it's simple, but implement times of prayer, a regular rhythm of time of prayer in your day, whether it's your commute to work, right when you wake up, right before you go to bed, um, just times throughout the day, say, I'm going to spend this time in prayer. My resolution is this section of my day will be reserved for God each and every day. Third, worship. Uh, It is important that we worship God with all three of these, mind, emotion, and with our entire life. Mind and emotion, if you don't have that right, it can start to get weird. The worship God with your mind part is studying and knowing who the real, true God is. Um, Because if we start to worship who we think God is or who we want God to be, then we start worshiping this false version of God. And then when we encounter a real and true truth about God, then it can just all fall apart. So studying and knowing who God actually is and then implementing our emotions into it. Bring your emotions into it, man. Nathan's one of the best examples of this. It's so cool to watch him worship, man. Um, But bring in your emotion. Now, you don't have to look like Nathan. You don't have to look like uh, who... You can bring your emotions in your own genuine way. And Lord, man, right now I am sad, I am broken, I am hurting, and I'm bringing that to you. Lord, I am celebrating, I am happy, I'm stoked, and I'm bringing that to you. Lord, I'm fearful, I'm anxious, Lord, I'm excited. Whatever it is, bringing those emotions when you worship, and then also implementing that throughout your entire life of just each and every day sacrificing to Him, worshiping Him in your day-to-day. Now, the ways that you could do this... um, literal music choices. Usually once a year, I'll try and do like a month of only worship music, like 
if I, as long as I can control it, like it's only worship music. And so maybe it looks like that, like I'm only going to listen to Christian music, worship music. Um, I'm going to maybe try to write poems, letters, songs, whatever that might look like. Also, everything kind of surrounding what we're talking about, right? The, the prayer, the, the biblical study is acts of worship as well. So maybe you're implementing worship in what you're doing. Um, fourth is service. One of the last things Jesus did was wash his disciples' feet. Um, and so humbling yourself to the level where Jesus is already sitting, and that's in serving uh, the people that he loves. Um, and the commodity of time is one of the craziest things that you can uh, give towards not only God, but to other people. And so the way this might look is serving here at MVC. Uh, and if you don't know all the exact roles, we can, we can find one for you. And if you think you're not good enough uh, to, to serve in the church or to serve God, um, the guy running our lights today is colorblind. So... Uh, <laughs> God can work miracles, man. <laughs> um, and so maybe it's here at MVC, but maybe it's around us, right? For like a lot of our college kids that are home, you're not here year-round, so it's something where you are, you're living, you're, you see an outreach opportunity. Or for, for you guys here in Escondido, you find an outreach here. But finding ways to serve others, finding people in need and, and meeting their needs. Lastly is staying in community. Um, this is vital. The Bible studies are going to be a part of this. Um, but the first time that uh, we saw God say something wasn't good is when Adam was alone. Um, and it is vital that we are around people and not just take this spiritual journey by ourselves, but we're walking towards God with others, growing not only in our faith, but in relationship with others. Um, that provides accountability and support not just accountability for when you're doing something wrong, but accountability for maybe when you're starting to believe a lie about yourself or about God, like, hey, hey, knock that off, man, I see this in you. Or actually, no, that's not true about who God is, right? But uh, it can provide accountability and support when we're hurting. And the ways we can get into this is, well, the Bible studies are coming. Uh, those events that we're going to be doing are on its way. Um, but getting into community, um, inviting people over to dinner, to have dinner with them, and talk with them, going out to eat with them. Wait, I saw she said going out to eat was wrong. No, no, no. Going out to eat with them, spending time with them. A lot in the Bible, um, God uses imagery of having meals together as how he wants to commune with us. And so that could be a, a really good goal is, hey, once a week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find somebody and take them out and buy them a meal or invite people over for dinner and, and talk and hang out with them. And so church, if we go about this and really start to implement a solid food faith. The momentum that we have going into 2024, I think will just keep growing. And I think God will bless it. And also, like I said earlier, I think it's going to be vitally important for this year. Like, hey, we are a beacon of love, grace, forgiveness, mercy, peace, unity, right? Because we are fed from God, and we have His wisdom, and we can, we are healthy enough to pour into others. We do that. 2024 is still going to be chaotic. I'm not promising uh, a year of peace, but we can combat that in an amazing way because God's on our side, and we're fueled by Him, and when that happens, sky's the limit. So let's pray. We got some announcements for you. We're going to worship our way out. And then we're going to go into a great new year. 
Lord, thank you for this morning. Lord, I pray as we approach this year that we can also further approach you. Lord, and we can dive into a solid food faith and find ways for each and every one of us. Even if we have been digesting true solid food from you for a while, implement a new way. This is, Lord, I'm going to continue to grow in your infinite wisdom and in your infinite ways, God, so that I can be a blessing to others and reflect you and I can be exactly who you want me to be. Lord, thank you for this church. Lord, and I pray that when people are hurting and need a revisit to that milk faith, that we can help them through that. Lord, I pray that when people are confused, we can love them and provide wisdom. Lord, when people are celebrating, that we can celebrate with them. Lord, we love you. We praise your name. Amen.